The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace, you can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi, this is Gwendolyn. Welcome to the Visual Workplace. I'm Gwendolyn Galsworth. I'm your host on this, our weekly radio show about about letting the workplace speak. And you know, in each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the living landscape of work. We do that through visual devices, through visual systems, through visual solutions. We let the workplace speak. Why? So we can work with greater focus, precision, safety, pace, quality. We can do the right thing at the right time. And we know what that is and we know what the time is and what the what thing is. What are we going to do? Because the workplace is telling us. Every inch of the way. Do you know when you do pokey oak devices, you have a pokey oak devices for each 10 seconds of content each 10 seconds, the, the workplace is talking back to us. But with Pokeyoke, it's deeply embedded into the process of work, deeply embedded. Hmm? Pokeyoke is the highest level of visuality because we're embedding visuality on the attribute level, on the level of the spec itself. Not where things are, but exactly the performance specification for that 10 seconds of content. Okay. I call them visual guarantees because I want to keep the same visual uh, dictionary. But all of this adds up. All of this micro care, the care of what we're doing on the micro level, it's called performance. Your KPIs, your key performance indicators are roll-ups of what happens on the micro level, on the level of the spec itself and also the process that creates the spec, your SOPs. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. So visuality is about embedding standard operating procedures, standard elements, specifications that your customer wants into the living landscape of work. And you know what that is? Those specifications, they represent our intelligence. So when we're talking about the intelligence of the operational system, we're really talking about the highest level of our own intelligence. We capture that in visual devices. We embed those devices, or in some cases such as borders and addresses, we kind of paste them on. But they're still there, constantly giving us feedback, giving us answers, answers to our question and that single question is what do I need to know what do I need to know right now in order to do my work 
And then later on, as you build a, a rich layer of need-to-know answers, you then start thinking of others and you build layers of need to share. So you have this dialogue that is mostly silent. It's a sensory dialogue that you intentionally build into the, into the face of, of your production floor or if you're in healthcare, of your floor, of the tangible components of your work. It's one of the reasons why I shy so far away from LCDs and monitor visuality. There are some good devices that will, for example, walk you through an SOP when you're watching it. But for the most part, because LCD and software and computers are a passive event, unless you're using it to create, we avoid them. We avoid them, and let's just say we substitute them for kinetic sensorial relationships with the data, moving paper around. And yes, you have to do roll-ups, especially in multi-site work, but you want it to be tangible because you want the body's senses to be engaged. You've heard me on this theme again and again and again. And what we're doing on this show is we are always thinking about ways of information sharing, what's the impact, the financial impact, the bottom line impact, and we're also thinking about the cultural alignment, right? Every workplace has an opportunity to speak if you design that in, but so many of them are dumb from the point of view of mute. They have so much to tell us, like a machine. A machine has so much to tell us. But you have to be a master maintenance guy to hear the machine speak. But what would it be like if you level the playing field and you let that voice be heard by the operator as well? Maybe even by a temporary operator, somebody who's just there for the first time, and yet the workplace, the machine is telling them what to do, how to do it, in a relationship that's very supportive. The machine is supervising the operator supervising us. And we have this relationship. And you know what we feel? We feel gratitude. We feel gratitude because that that relationship enables us to go into flow, to feel the flow of our work. And we're going to be talking about flow today as we continue our series on smart placement. I think you'll be very interested. These discussions as we walk through the principles are taking a little bit longer than I planned, but the discussion is still rich. And I want to thank you for your emails because you have told me so. Thank you so very much. Thank you for telling me that you like smart placement and that you find it useful and that you can see what I describe. You don't actually need the pictures in front of you because what I'm describing are devices that I have come to know and love and thinking that I have known because I was there when the thinking was done, when the thought was thunk. (laughs) I also want to thank you for your emails. Some of you are thinking about being part of a kind of panel of visual implementers, the thing I was talking to you about on the last show, a panel of implementers that we would have on from time to time where you who are implementing would talk about or ask about the tricky parts. So you're saying, you know, I'm thinking about this. And I hope you say yes. There's plenty of room. 
we'll just have two or three people on each show. And, we, you know, we'll organize it. I've got wonderful technicians here at Voice America who will, you know, bring you together and keep you plugged in. And, you know, I'm thinking that we'll organize the panels around work settings. Like we'll have a, a, a panel on automotive, on aerospace, on healthcare, on university and schools, on utilities. On that university and schools, it would be really great if a Montessori expert or teacher joins us for that because you guys at Montessori are doing so one so many wonderful things with the senses, with the sensorial intelligence of your of your young students, of your three and four and five and seven and eight and twelve year olds. It's fantastic. You're letting people inhabit their bodies and learn through their bodies. It's fantastic. And then we'll organize one around food processes and biomedical, maybe electronic assembly, semiconductors like that. What do you think about that? Is that a good idea? I think that's a great idea. Good enough for you to raise your hand and join us on air? I hope so. Send your email to radio at visualworkplace.com. We answer each and every one of them. I mostly answer them myself. So keep them coming. And let's open up the door. Let's open up the framework so that we start a conversation. I've been talking to you now for about a year and a half, giving you kind of the stuff that I've learned. But, oh, how I love to have a conversation on this level of methodology and struggle. So I also want to uh, tell you that two of my books came out last week on Kindle. Visual Workplace, Visual Thinking, that's the kind of overview. And Work That Makes Sense, which is the deep dive into operator-led visuality. Both of them are in full color. I think they're available in black and white as well, but full color is going to be better if you've got... Uh, those Kindles because there's so much information that's shared through color. And we'll get the others out on Kindle in the next few months and then we'll move over to Barnes & Noble and do the other electronic media. And in parallel, we will soon have all of them available print on demand, which I'm really psyched about because there are people in Australia and in India and Japan and in Europe who want to get a hold of my books and this will be possible. And you know what? I didn't even know about print on demand until I was helping my brother Gary, Gary Galsworth, put together his book on poetry. Gary is a master plumber, but he is also a splendid poet. Did I ever tell you this? He'd been writing poetry for like 35 years and I never knew it. And then one day out of the blue, he says, hey, sis, he calls me sis, sis, you want to see some of my poems? Of course, I said, yes. And they were gorgeous, exquisite. So writer that I am, I said to my brother, I said, I said, brother, Gary, let's make a book. Let's put it on Amazon. And then I was struggling with this idea of, of inventory. And then I discovered the very handy, very wonderful Amazon print on demand. Fabulous. And I'll tell you, if you've ever <laughs> worked with a new writer... You cannot imagine what it's like to have a discussion with my brother on whether to use a period or a semicolon or if you should punctuate at all. Remember last week I said, you know, it's the start that stops us? Well, I got stopped many, many, many times. <laughs> I consider it to be, uh, you know, a labor of love. And the poems are wonderful. They're called Yes, Yes. That's Gary's name for his book on poetry. And I want to read one. So I'm going to read this one. It's called When It's Time. And then I'm, and then I'm going to read you something a, a little else. I know it's a little bit off the mark, but you know what? These are beautiful. 
when it's time. You don't give up. You don't give up. And then there comes the time when it's time to give up. Have you seen that in people? They keep going. Keep on. And then the moment comes. A kid's balloon rising over the park, heading for the far away. And from the inside out, you let it go. Isn't that lovely? You don't give up. You don't give up. And then there comes the time when it's time to give up. I love that. Let me just read on the back because this is just, this is my brother. I, we asked him to put something on the back. So he writes this. He says, as a kid, I couldn't wait to get started. There were a lot of gates, important starting points, opening to such huge possibilities. And those possibilities all arrived in their time like a parade, a holiday procession. I jumped on, climbed in, drove or hitchhiked to them. Almost breathless with anticipation, I signed up, fought my way through, said yes enthusiastically. I couldn't wait. It also came to pass that I was turned down, thrown out, or told politely but unequivocally to leave. And once unexpectedly asked, don't you ever shut up. (laughs) In the course of events, a Zen teacher even gave me a Dharma name. That's a special name for Zen students. A Dharma name, Danan. What does that mean, sir? I asked my Roshi. It means great patience, he said. But, sir, I don't have much patience. He answered, you will. (laughs) I couldn't wait. So it says, yes, yes, a collection of poems written over a number of years is a voice of this journey. The paradox is, if you were to ask me to tell my story, I couldn't find the words. It would all be... It would be all clues and hints and shadows. Yet for me, this collection has a beating heart. One hopes that these poems also are also a place where the poet and the reader disappear into each other. That's a, a line from one of his poems. So this is gorgeous, gorgeous. And I'll tell you, it's great to have, to be this old with him this old and me this old and to find still happiness in each other. Yes, Yes, by Gary Galsworth, $12 on Amazon, print on demand. So all my books are going to come out print on demand. And we are thinking about lowering the prices on them so that everybody can um, can access them a little bit more easily. We're working on that. I got some negotiation to do. So, oh, my goodness, it's the end of our first segment, and we haven't begun. We will begin as soon as we come back with our march through, our continuing march through the show principles of smart placement okay this is our sixth show of the series see you in just a minute find out what's happening on the voice america talk radio network find out about new shows featured guests and what's up this week find us on facebook by searching keyword voice america are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. 
Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call one 866 472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, it's Gwendolyn. Welcome to the second segment of our show, and I'm going to march ahead. I keep thinking about Joe. I wonder if he's given up on me. He asked me to try to get to the point a little bit earlier, and I told him I would try. This was like a year ago. But, you know, I haven't really succeeded. I, these shows for me are uh, a chance to say many things, and some of them are the point, and some of them are just sharing uh, things, other things that are important to me. So we're going to continue our march through the principles of smart placement in this series. We'll have a couple of more shows because we have 14 principles and we are up to eight. As I mentioned before, this is the step that I take with groups before when we're doing 5S, my version of 5S, before we start laying down the lines. We want to validate or we want to improve the current location of function, location of the table, paperwork function, the machine, the conversion function, the WIP, the I'm not sure what function that is. It's probably the customer function. The supplies, support function, before we capture those location in borders, what you may call lines. Okay, so we want that to be a valid layout. And we realize where we locate function will determine the flow. Its speed, its direction, its complexity, we use the formula function plus location equals flow. We use it again and again and again. And our viewing platform is the could be map, the dream map. The second of the two maps that we construct, the first one captures the what is state and it's called the what is map. And we see why we have so much motion moving without working because of the location, the current location of function. We do our little spaghetti. We see the spaghetti as time, as distance, and as the result of the location of function. And then our second map, which begins identical to our first with all the same post-its, same layout only without the spaghetti drawn on top, we begin to imagine a different layout. One that is embedded in the principles of smart placement, the very ones we're walking through now. 
So we have completed our look at the set of principles, principles one through seven, that trigger micro, easy-to-make improvements in the placement of things. Nothing on top, nothing on the floor, put it on wheels, point of use, and on and on. And last week, we just began our shift to the macro level in discussing principle eight, let the flow do the work. And I want to begin that discussion now. I'm also going to talk about the yellows, the way I didn't get a chance to do last, last week, although I promised. But let's just go return to our discussion of the flow. This is the really big picture. It's captured in a single word, flow. The flow of values that moves through the area, and we want it with a minimum of obstructions, a minimum of surprises. We want it to be a designed flow. We want to design out the struggle and design in ease, precision, safety, completeness. Okay? And I asked you at the end of the last show for you to step back for a moment and just look at the flow in your area. Or if you're a manager, look at the flow in the areas of your responsibility. Just look at the flow. Don't worry about the detail. Look at the macro level. How would you describe it? Would you describe it as self-paced or stalled? Occasionally stalled, always stalled. Does it pool around the nooks and crannies of your department and kind of stagnate? Or does it move freely the way streams do? You know, here's the thing about water. It flows downhill. And there is a way to create flow in your department that, that creates the same kind of gravity pull. And you look for that. And many, much, 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 much of the work that's done in Lean focuses on this very thing. It came to us from Toyota, from Taichi Ono and Shigeo Shingo and other great practitioners. You know, this idea of flow. I want you to look at, if you're working with the could-be map, look at that map. Or look at your what-is map that has all the spaghetti and understand how things flow and how they do not. You'll see it. You'll see it in the piles of spaghetti. And let's talk some more about flow. Flow paves the way for pull. Flow is pull's foundation. Flow and pull are allies. Pull is flow under demand. Pull is flow driven by time, driven by your customer. That's what makes the pull. But flow comes first. It is indispensable. So I want you to think about this. And if you're listening to the podcast and you're listening to it as a group, just stop right now and have this discussion. Let's think about the, 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 the flow in our area. And when you have that discussion, let me suggest that you have people not talk as a group, but rather talk to one other person so they can find their words, and they can listen to one person going back and forth. Because when you do that, you are actually creating a flow between two people and two minds, two ideas. And then after they have two or three, four minutes to talk about it, then you ask them to talk about it in a larger group. I call this talk amongst yourselves. It's something that we always do during a training session. Talk amongst yourselves before we ask people to come together as a larger group and discuss things 
and that kind of evens out. It's called a normalizing activity. It kind of normalizes the energy and the thinking in the room in terms of everybody getting their process lubricated. So as you study the flow in this way, I want to say to you that you will be tempted to consider the yellows. The yellows that we have that I've set up until now don't touch. We touch the blues, the pinks, and the greens, those other post-its, those other categories, the easy to move, the whip, and the consumables, when we did the first set of principles on the macro on the micro level, on the micro level. But you can't help but think about the big stuff, the yellows, the hard to move items, the items that are either wired in or embedded, bolted in, when you're thinking about flow. Not only is there nothing wrong with that, there is at this point everything right. As long as you recognize and accept the following. Just because you thought of it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Because those yellows are by definition outside of your control. They need to be authorized. They may be too expensive or too dangerous to move or there may be other plans that you don't know about so just because you thought of it doesn't mean it's going to happen and just because it doesn't happen doesn't mean your idea is not worthy it may just be the wrong time or there are other priorities and I want to really dwell on this point because if you actually do this exercise of smart placement there is a great big danger that people will be offended and drop out because of the yellows rather than stimulated. And so please allow me to go on a bit about this. Okay? So the big thing for people, the big thing is when we don't allow them to move the yellows, they want to because the yellows hard to move, bolted in, wired in, are the big stuff. They're in the way. Machines, but even walls. We've had lots of people say, you know what, if we could get rid of this wall, we would get rid of a lot of motion. We could access the function behind the wall by getting rid of the wall. It's a nice notion. But you know what? You can think of it and you can demonstrate it and you can show it on your map and you can show its benefits and we want you to, but you don't have any control over it. So you have to prepare yourself psychologically that this is simply an essay, a try. And just because you thought of it doesn't mean it should or can happen. But it also, if it doesn't happen, doesn't mean it isn't worthy. Okay? When you allow your mind to go there, and at this point we're saying allow your mind to go there, people will, you will find some really big wins, but they may be too expensive. They may not be a priority right now. They may be too dangerous. So all of this will feel like there's a big thumb on your head if you're an operator and you've thought of it. On your head. And you'll feel the oppression of positional authority if somebody's saying no to you. Because remember, in visuality, we want to be eye-driven. It's based on the belief... Excuse me, I need to cough. 
It's based on the belief that the individual can and should own and reinvent his or her own work area. It's based on the belief, even the the conviction, and in some people, the absolute knowing that the power that powers me is identical to the power that powers you. That's what makes us equal. And in my approach to visuality, I continually look for demonstrations of that. There is no rank because we are equal because we were created that way. You know, that's our, our, in, our Declaration of Independence says it. And it's true. And then all of a sudden, wham, somebody pulls rank on you. And be careful, trainers, if you're listening, managers, if you're listening, supervisors and operators. I have seen promising, gorgeous conversions, visual conversions, come to a grinding halt. This is the 5S conversion, but it's on the visual level. Because this boundary was not cleared and explained. That you can look at the yellows. But there are no promises. We are interested in your ideas, but there are no promises. Please present them. But I cannot promise because I myself am not in control. It's outside of my locus of control. Trainers, it's your job to make sure that when you bring people into the yellows, they understand. Things can get very lively without the yellows. Very lively, very interesting, but inevitably As you travel deep into the logic of your area's current layout, you are going to discover compelling opportunities for improvement outside of your direct control. Okay, and some of these won't be approved. They'll be set aside, so get ready for it. And I want to say something further when we come back from a break. See you in a minute. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. What's really going on in Washington? Listen as two of Washington's most experienced insiders, Howard Marlowe and Michael Willis, divulge the strategies of the key players affecting legislation and policy matters every week on The Inner Loop. Unlike most talk shows, which feature hosts that have little to no experience working with the federal government, The Inner Loop is hosted by two professionals who actively work to influence federal policy on a daily basis. The Inner Loop is heard live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. 
We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's toll free one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now back to the program. Hi everyone. Hi. So I want to go on a little bit about this idea of changes outside of your control because it's important when we we are in an inventive process. We're, we're in the could be or the dream map, we really do start thinking big. And maybe the ideas are simply, maybe they just require management approval. That is why we spend a lot of time on the yellow, on the pinks and the blues and the greens, because we can do that ourselves. So when, in general... And not, I don't even want to say in general, very specifically, when we do smart placement, the premium is on collecting ideas, all ideas, ideas from everyone, because smart placement is first and foremost a, a thinking step. It is about ideas. Ideas got triggered simply when you made that first map, the what is map. Suddenly you saw in action that the location of function was determining the flow. You saw the spaghetti pile up. You saw it with your own eyes. You did the map. So at the thinking stage of smart placement, there is room for everyone's idea. I want to go even further with this. I want you to stand by your ideas as well. I don't want you to allow yourself to be talked out of them, even if they're not received by other people even if they appear to be unpopular or simply different from what other people think. When this happens, instead of withdrawing your idea or bowing to the popular will, and this goes for yellows as well at this stage because your understanding is becoming more and more sophisticated, I want you to go in the opposite direction instead of bowing to the popular will or saying, oh, never mind. I want you to develop your idea, explore it, play with it, see where it takes you. Submit what I've been calling a minority report, your concept of how smart placement principles could or should work in your area. This so-called report is your chance to develop your own unique design and demonstrate your thinking, peculiar though others may think it is. At this stage in the process, you and your colleagues do not have to agree on a final set of ideas or changes. It is perfectly usual and acceptable for different people from the same area to see different solutions to the same challenges. Read my lips. 
this is especially true for common spaces where people work closely together in the same sub-area. They share a bench, they share a corner, they go get uh, their dye from this place or that, or the supply room in healthcare, even across shifts. So you stay open, you adopt an attitude of learning, you listen carefully, that's what everyone's supposed to be doing, and if nobody buys in, you go off and do your own thing. Okay? Even if it's a big idea, if it's a yellow idea. Because we want to demonstrate the equality that I referred to before, the I-driven model, which is you are me. I am you. This is when a culture is aligned. And this is if you follow the progression of respect for the individual, which by now is such a worn-out idea that nobody really examines it carefully. They just plug it in every time they're looking for something to say about people. But really, at its foundation, what we talk about with respect for individual is, I respect you because I am you. Hmm? That's the great cultural shift. First, you put it in place, respect for the individual, then you operationalize it, and it inevitably takes you to the point of, oh my gosh, I have positional power, but that operator is the same as me. And the operator says, you know what? I'm the same as the big boss. I just have different work to do during my eight hours or ten hours. Okay? So I also I want to talk to the, the leadership management here about the yellows. Because we want to encourage this thinking, this diverse thinking, and this rich thinking. Not just different, but really robust and valid. So leaders, most of us have very active imaginations, and invited or not, we love to envision possibilities. Have you noticed all the movies that are about magic? All the kind of fantasy science fiction? We love, many of us do anyway, we love to enter those new worlds. Smart placement which is part of the work that makes sense process, or if you want to call it 5S on steroids, is seen often as an open invitation for people to use, to be very active about their imagination. But it isn't entirely open, it isn't open because of the need for boundaries related to safety and cost. We're back to the yellows again. So, when operators and associates understand that, you need to understand this as well. This is what operators understand. Just because I thought of it doesn't mean it's going to get done because it's not under my control. It's a big idea, but it needs to be authorized. But you leaders, in not handling big ideas correctly, will, can very easily cause the whole initiative to crash and burn. You as a manager and supervisor must not confuse I-driven with open-handed permissiveness. If you confuse that, associates will get the mistaken impression that just because they thought of it, it's as good as done. Okay, they're going to think that just because they thought of it, if you don't draw that boundary... So you must, out of respect for the other people and yourself, draw the boundary and say, well, listen to your yellows. 
very attentively, but we're not going to promise. No matter how good the idea is, we may have our reasons, and if we can tell you those reasons, we will, but in some cases we may not be able to, and you'll just have to swallow hard and know that we still respect you and we love that you're thinking in this way. But this is a thinking step. It is not a step that will necessarily trigger a change that is, by definition, out of your control. You're talking to operators here, associates. Okay, safety, cost, plain old timing are important decision-making factors that are usually only, sometimes only discussed in the boardroom. So if you leaders promote other expectations, associates will rightly become discouraged, even angry, when one of their big ideas is not approved. With the yellows, there's no such thing as coulda, woulda, shoulda. You can if you can, and if you can't, you can't. So everybody, stay open, leaders, stay open, listen to the improvement ideas of associates, and resist the temptation to overpromise, especially when you know the idea is also out of your control. Be realistic, but also be honest. And if it's a no, make sure to get back to people and tell them the reason why. Unless it's really proprietary, tell them the reason why. That is a demonstration of respect. We loved your idea. We know that machine needs to be moved. We know it's been in your way for 17 years. But we can't. And here's why. And then you map it out. Make sure to follow through. Okay? So we talked about this minority reports. We talked about big ideas, the yellows. We're talking about flow, which is the big idea. I want to give you two examples. One was done and the other one was also done. Okay. So here's, here's one. This happened at Parker Hannafin. They won our visual workplace um, enterprise of the uh, year last year. This is at Parker Hannafin in Irvine. This company specializes in engine overhaul and repair and aerospace, and they had been on it, their lean journey for eight or nine years at the time of this story, and they began to heavily shift uh, to visual, integrating visual with their lean. Continuous improvement at this site had long become a habit, eagerly exercised by associates, but also by supervisors and managers. This place hummed with new thinking. So over the years, many area layout changes were made, many changes in how the floor was laid out, but always with some reluctance because every move meant moving the electrical wiring for the benches and the airlines for pneumatic tools. All of that was costly, slowed things down. And then one day, a group of associates of operators had this breakthrough. They decided that instead of thinking about how to improve the flow of material through the area, they would focus on how to improve the flow of improvement in the area. Yes, listen to that. Isn't that great? They focused on how to improve the flow of improvement. And since the cost of moving wiring and airlines slowed down the rate of improvement, they they focused on eliminating that cost, and this is the way they did it. They recommended, and they got a yes on this one, they recommended that a set of drop lines be installed in the department ceiling at 10-foot intervals. 
The result was a ceiling grid that allowed the location of the benches to be changed at will with little or no production time based on changes in the flow, changes of model mix and other configurations. And whenever it changed, the drop lines over the benches would simply be disconnected and reconnected to existing drop line connectors in the ceiling. It gave them maximum flexibility. You see, this is a victory of smart placement thinking, and it is also the shrewd pursuit of yellows. Those are big changes. It cost some money. It was presented to management, and management said, wowie zowie. Wowie zowie. This is fantastic. This is giving us maximizing our flexibility and allowing us to think and rethink the flow in order to pick up accuracy, speed, quality, whatever. Fantastico. The drop line. Drop line in the ceilings. So I'll tell you the second part, uh, which had to do with moving a whole a room in such a clever way after the break. And we'll be going into the last section of our show. And I will have at least covered principle eight. Let the flow do the work. See you in a minute. Thank you. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Social media is growing at an astounding rate. In just virtually five short years, we have seen YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter take the world by storm. How do you effectively make social media work for you? Tune in to The Social Universe with host Kurt Wilhelm. We'll show you how to market your business or yourself to get ahead, especially in unstable economic times. We'll also discuss practices that you can apply to increase visibility and revenue as you unlock the mysteries of the social universe. The Social Universe is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call one 866 472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi there. Hi, it's Gwendolyn. We're in our fourth section of the show, and we are talking about applications of the smart placement principle, let the flow do the work. I just told you about the flow that was was uh, splendidly increased because of the reconfiguration of the ceiling so that there would be space drop lines to give the movement of benches below maximum flexibility so people could think and change and think and change and think and change. The second, and this happened at Hitchcock Industries in Minneapolis under the leadership of Ron Page, who did just marvelous, marvelous work. He was the GM. He completely supported improvement and a very robust employee empowerment through visuality. And, you know, this is a casting, a precision aluminum uh, casting. Aluminum has magnesium as a base. This was for commercial and military airports and engines. And I want to tell you, I want to give compliments to everybody who works at Hitchcock Industries. There is a certain quality of spirit I've noticed over the years that happens when people work around fire and the people who were closest to that uh, uh, magnesium meld, melting, melting and pouring the magnesium, they were the most delicious people to be around. They were very open and happy and sweet and they were doing pretty brutal work. Anyway, after the casting, and by the way, the plant won many, many awards for the precision of its castings. After the casting, there would be some grinding, and everything went through a test clinic, it was, uh, and then, uh, which was surrounded by rework uh, booths as well. When the team in the test clinic began to work through their what is map, they saw that the placement of the test booth itself was creating a real logjam, major bottleneck, because it was situated at the end of a narrow corridor. And that corridor was crammed with units waiting for test. So it was way, way at the back, and everything that needed to be tested was piling up in front of it. It was impossible to get in and out of it, and yet it was the bottleneck. It was the major value-add part of the test clinic. And even though it was there and people were dealing with that bottleneck for years, it was only when the group did their what is map that they saw it. And then they began to think about what to do about it. And they got this big idea. It was a big yellow. They wanted to move the test booth out from the corner into an open area. The area really was where WIP was first dropped off and then it kind of went down this corridor they presented the idea mapped it out to ron page who you remember is the gm and also he sponsored the visual conversion it made a lot of sense to 
uh, to uh, Ron Page because you know what? That was a major impact. The, that bottleneck impacted delivery big time. And then the guys went further. So they got there okay. And what they did was they moved the test booth out into this open area. But instead of just moving the booth, they decided to take away one of the walls. So that instead of it being a booth, it was like a tunnel. It was like a tunnel and the whip would come in on one side. There would be plastic curtains and move through the booth and come out on the other side. It flowed right through. And it was a perfect solution for speed, quality, ease, convenience, just like a grocery store checkout. The units flowed into the booth from the left, got tested and flowed out on the right, were picked up. This change made so much sense. And of course, it got instant approval, the idea itself. So the change took about five weeks. And the, the uh, operators, the associates in that area also put in many other powerful small improvements using the other principles, put it on wheels, nothing on the floor. Hmm? And that's what you'll discover as you look at the yellows. As your understanding develops, you will see these wonderful opportunities for changing pretty much everything. But just remember, no matter how elegant, how elegant, and worthy an idea may be, other factors may impact management's response, safety, cost, timing, organizational structure, whatever. And the idea may not get implemented. So this principle, principle eight, let the flow do the work, is a powerful organizing concept for this second set, the second part of the smart placement principles, which are much more sophisticated. And those applications benefit, benefit everyone upstream, downstream, your supply chain, and certainly your customer base. So it's, it's why it's important for you to, as we even go through these next principles, and I'm going to name them so that you know what's coming, these next principles, and there are one, two, three, four, five. There are five, five left. Just always keep considering the flow, the flow of material, the flow of information and people through the area, big time, the big flow, water running downhill. So the other principles that we're going to do next week, I think we'll probably, we will definitely get through principle nine, which is doing major and minor sorts. This is a wonderful, wonderful principle with a, uh, uh, an excellent application at Scania Trucks, which I can hardly wait to tell you about. Principle 10 is co-locate like items designed task. Very, very important. Principle 11 is use the existing architecture. I bet you can hardly wait to hear what that is. Principle 12, I love this principle. I love all of smart placement. Store things, not air. Talk about squeezing the air out. Talk about the utilization of negative space, turning negative space into positive space. Oh, there's so many applications in that. Principle 13, double up the function. In visuality, there's lots of ways to double up because you're working in the physical landscape of work. And the fourth 
14th principle, follow the natural flow line. We're ending on flow the way we began with principle 8 on flow, and there's wonderful stories there. This will take us two more shows. It may take us three more shows. Please send your emails because they encourage me to not stop talking, (laughs) not march through this like it's a laundry list, but actually share the learning with you and share the thinking with you so that you get it. You know, I told you several shows back when we started this way back in January that I've never shared this publicly before. This has always been reserved. It's in my books, of course, but for my uh, on-site work. And I'm really thrilled to do this. It was a very good decision um, that I made to do this because I know this will help you. So thank you very much. I had a wonderful time with you today. And I want to welcome you to come back again and again and again. And send me what you're doing. Send me pictures. Radio at visualworkplace.com. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth. And I'm signing off. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace. Work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. 4 p.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program, brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.